Well, good morning and welcome to OCC Online. My name's Ian and I'm going to be with you this morning along with John and Alan and Phil, who's behind the scenes making it all work. Um, I, don't we just appreciate all the work that Phil does um, each week on making this work? I, and I know I can't see you, but hopefully you're giving it, Phil a little bit of a, a round of applause and put those, um, uh, whatever they're called, those emojis out on the on the chat. Um, on that, why don't you use the chat this morning just to encourage one another, engage in the service. John and I are going to be sharing from Philippians chapter 4. Um, just rounding off this series later on and we'd love to hear your engagement if you've got any questions or comments as we've gone through this series then why don't you drop them in the chat and we'll try and pick them up a little bit later on um, bear in mind that we have got about four hours worth of content to get through uh, in about 20 minutes so um, but no please do uh do do engage with us on there i'm going to pray and then i'm going to hand over to john who's just got some uh, some stuff to let us know about Father, we thank you for your amazing grace and your goodness towards us. We thank you that the sun is shining, that the, the sky is clear and that we're, we're able to enjoy uh, this, this season of life together. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we understand that um, in, these, in these dark times, uh, life has been challenging for many. But Lord, we know that our life and our faith and our hope is not found upon the circumstances we find ourselves in but is found in you. So today, Jesus, as we gather online, as we share from your word, as we sing these songs of praise and adoration, may you stir our hearts afresh with fresh hope and fresh vision of that which is to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, John, over to you. Amen. Uh, just while Ian was praying there, I just was reminded of that uh, passage in Numbers where it says that the Lord makes his face shine upon us. I just sense God's face is shining upon us and you this morning, that his smile is over us. And so I just, let's have some fun this morning. Let's just enjoy God's presence. Uh, I just, just share that with you. We're going to uh, have some fun right now uh, as we start with a kid's song. We're going to play a video. Um, I know each week we put out a, a link to Kids Church. We're going to do that again this morning. But um, we've been linking with Virtual Sunday School, who have just done an amazing job during this lockdown and continue to do so. Got some great plans coming for the future, so we're going to keep working alongside them. Uh, but what they're doing now is they're doing a kid's video so aimed at the younger age uh, every other week and then in the other weeks so uh, this week for example is not going to be a, a kids virtual Sunday school it's going to be youth and so um, I want to encourage young people if you're watching uh, why don't you click on the link that's going to come up in the chat in just a few moments time uh, kids uh, why don't you maybe go back and redo or look at some of the ones that you've missed of virtual Sunday school um, but a great opportunity young people and kids uh, every other week just to engage with some great content coming from uh, our friends at uh, virtual Sunday school but right now we're going to jump up and uh, around so get up dust yourself off uh, let's worship god as we sing uh, nothing is impossible
I believe in you. Isn't God awesome? I don't know about you. I'm excited this morning, mainly because the hairdresser's open. So I finally managed to get a haircut yesterday. Um, but I'm also excited. God is great, isn't he? It's, uh, the sun's out. Fantastic weekend. So we're going to worship God. We're going to worship the creator of everything. Oh, uh-huh. 
would you lie upon that cross? Great is the love poured out for all. This is our God. Lifted on high from death to life. Forever our God is glorified. Servants and King rescued the world. This is our God. We worship you and I will fall at your feet. I will fall at your feet and I will worship you here. We fall at your feet and I will fall at your feet. I will fall at your feet and I will worship you here. We worship you. We praise your name, ruler of the heavens. Through it all, 
through it all my eyes are on you and it is well it is well so let go my soul and trust in him the waves and wind still know his name so let go my soul and trust in him the waves and wind still know his name so let go my soul trust in him the waves and wind still know his name the waves and wind still know his name it is well well it is well with my soul it is well it is well with my soul It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well. Through it all, through it all, 
my eyes are on you it is well with me It is well When all around is turbulent It is well with you It is well with you And through it all through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And it is well with me. some scripture in a little minute part of the verses we're going to be reading Philippians 4 it says in any and all circumstances I've learned the secret of being content whether well-fed or hungry whether in abundance or in need I am able to I am able to I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me we can declare no matter what's going on that it is well that song was written by Horatio Spafford as he hears about the fact that his daughters have been perished in a, in a, in a, on a boat that has been struck. That they're going on holiday to Europe and he stays back to do some business, he's detained. His, his wife and four daughters go ahead of him. The boat is struck and it sinks. The wife is found unconscious but survives and his four daughters perish at sea. And as they grieve together, Horatio cries out, it is well with my soul. Something of what we're gonna look at this morning, I think is summed up by Horatio Spafford's experience in that moment. And so God, we, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that our victory is not in perfect circumstances, but our victory is in you and you cannot be changed because of circumstances. And so help us to fix our eyes on you today, in this moment right now. As we sang in that first song, we're not going to live by what we feel. We're going to live by the truth of who you are. You have the victory. So we ask that you would shift that perspective this morning together as a church family. To keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for leading us in worship there, Alan Allen's not been feeling too great, but uh, thank you for doing that. Really appreciate you and all the people that are leading us in worship. It's fantastic. 
Um, we're just going to watch a, a short video now uh, with uh, some people in our church just having conversations. And so Becky's been having a few conversations with dif different people in church about what worship means. How do we live our worship? So uh, Becky is just going to speak to Sue for a few minutes now and we get to listen in. doing this um so john's just asked me to interview a couple people um with the question how are you living your worship so sue i'm going to ask you how are you living your worship and how is your worship impacting your life okay well when you asked me that question i immediately thought well what do i do and i'm always challenged on i can't see myself like other people see me so I sat down with Colin and Skylar and asked them not to be kind, but to be real and brutal if they needed to be, and to help me to see or mirror, if you like, how I lived my life. And I took some notes about what they could see in me. Um, and um, this is generally what I'm either doing, learning to do, um, but I have to add to that, I think, before I continue, that it's very messy. Some days I hit every bit I want to do other days I don't and some days it's well I did that but I certainly didn't do that I didn't get around to doing that but I think it's about always coming back to to the worship when you um you know don't have those days that you want to be um, as clean cut if you like as it were so generally um my day begins early I set my alarm early purposefully to get up to spend some time in the presence of Jesus that generally looks like reading the word and having a prayer time um, and anything that perhaps God brings to my mind that day. I commit all the plans that I have into his hands. I hand my diary over to him. I invite him to be involved in all of that. Um, and so I will pray, read the word and share anything that's on my heart, any concerns I may have um, and any time of confession if, if something comes to mind. Um, and my, my worship um, in terms of um, learning how to be relational with people, how, to, how can I worship God in my relationships? Obviously, it's a bit more difficult at the time because uh, of COVID. But, you know, in my marriage with my daughter, people I talk to, share with when I go shopping, that type of thing. How am I speaking to people? How am I treating people? Um, how I speak to people? How do I worship people in my speaking? I find it easier to speak to others in worship than actually I do myself. So that's a growing thing for me. You know, do I worship how I actually voice uh, my opinions to myself? How do I feel about myself? What am I saying in that? Um, my work, uh, my attitude towards work and the people that I work with, um, am I doing it with um, a, a, an attitude of gratitude or am I complaining? So. I have to be honest, there's some growth that's needed in there because I, I, I moan a bit. And so there's there's a, a growth check there. Um, learning to receive grace myself, but also to give grace so that when others make mistakes or get it wrong, um, to give it as well as to learn to receive it. And again, how I speak to myself in those times, um, I see that all as a form of worship. I often need to remind myself of the gospel. I need the gospel as much as unbelievers do um, and, and remind myself of God's goodness every day. Um, 
So one growth thing for me in my worship is listening to God, spending time and just being silent um, and hearing what he's having to say and then obviously learning to put into practice what I hear. Um, another thing of worship for me is being forgiving towards others um, and also at the weekend especially Saturday night I'm sure um, most of you will enjoy ironing in front of a movie like I do on a Saturday night. Um, what I watch on telly um, is my viewing worshipping God is it glorifying him um, and I think I'm creating the, the, a boundary if you like in terms of worship is what I'm doing glorifying God if it's not or if I've got any doubt about that forget it don't do it um, so I've been known to to come away from the telly turn it over that type of thing and I'm learning to share the gospel with people as a sign of worship to him as well um, so I think it's in Romans and the message where it says, you know, lay your everyday life before God. Um, and this is a sign of worship. Um, so these are things that came to mind for me, um, all growing in, learning from. But these are things I'm learning to work with and use as, a, as an act of worship to, to my Lord. Amazing. Brilliant. Thank you, Sue. I'm sure we thank you <laughs> I'm sure we all can relate to everything you've said there I, I'm, I'm a huge like cinema nerd like I love movies and that was definitely one thing that's been on my heart a lot when you mentioned what are you watching um I mean the bible does talk about how what we consume our sight with and our eyes with we take on so that's definitely a big one for me as well but uh yeah thank you that was really really helpful and uh, God bless you. It's so good, isn't it, to hear from different people uh, in the life of our church just about how they're seeking to live a life of worship uh, for Jesus. Well, we're going to dive into God's word in a couple of minutes. Just a few notices just to keep you up to speed on some things. Um, you'll notice in the chat that there is a, a link to give. If you feel you're able to give into the life of the church, uh, then please click on that link. It will take you through to a website, different ways that you can uh, support the church and financially give. We want to just thank you for your generosity. going to touch on that a little bit this morning, so I won't speak too much into that now, but just to say thank you for for all that you're doing for each other i notice some of the uh testimonies coming through the chat of just people being generous with each other uh, and cooking meals and kind words and uh being able to meet up i, I just encourage you wouldn't you uh, seek who you can meet up in the life of the church and just be generous with each other uh, just it's so great to be part of our church community um also starting this week on Wednesday we're hoping to start an alpha course so if you would like to register for that again there's going to be a moment just come up in the chat you can click on that take you straight through to our website and you can register to be a part of uh, alpha this coming Wednesday 7 30 until 9 uh, so if you want to be part of that or you know somebody invite them along uh, then you can click on that link and register uh, today's the last day for registration so if you want to click on that that would be fantastic and also uh, in the chat in a few minutes it's just going to come up the link for next week next week is the last Sunday of the month so we break away from our live stream 
and we just get on Zoom and we see each other and we take communion together. So I want to encourage you, whether you've been with us as a church prior prior to lockdown or you've joined us online, why don't you come and join us on Zoom? It'd be great to be able to see you and uh, we just got some things to update you on, but also just primarily just worship together and take communion. Uh, it's being able to see each other. And so um, please do click on that link at Beyond Zoom and all the details will come up in a few moments. Uh, but Ian, will you start to uh, lead us just this morning? We're going to have a little bit of a conversation to finish our series in Philippians. So uh, two people that usually can preach for a good length of time getting together. Um, this could be dangerous. So uh, we're, we're keeping an eye on the time. Uh, but uh, Ian, could you just read Philippians 4, 10 to 23? If you've got a Bible, grab that at home. Uh, and we're just going to journey through these verses as we bring this Philippians series uh, to an end. That would be fantastic. Yeah, no problem. It'd be a joy to read the, God's word to us. So I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again, you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little and I know how to, to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Still, you did well by partnering with me in my hardship. And you, Philippians, know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no ch church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts for my need several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. But I have received everything in full. And uh, sorry, I've received everything in full and have an abundance. I am fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. Fantastic. Thanks, Ian. Uh, well, um, we kind of decided we were going to have a little bit of a conversation this week, didn't we? And uh, we've, we've gone away and we both wrote our own kind of thoughts and notes down. And I think the spirit of God must be flowing uh, because we both came back uh, and shared our notes and we both had three points and they all began with C. Uh, so I think God's got something in store for us this morning uh, as we just dive into, I just think, just a rich passage of scripture, uh, just, just with, as Paul is bringing this letter to the church in Philippi to a close. Uh, I think it's important that we remember the situation that Paul is finding himself isn't it that he is he is in prison as he writes these these words and um, uh, we've got three C's that we're just gonna uh, we're gonna look at through this passage and the first one uh, is that of concern um, what, I, what I just noticed Ian is that as, as we read these especially verses 10 and then jumping down into 15 and 16 that we, we can see Paul is clearly in need uh, he's in prison. He has not got what he needs. We know that situation uh, that in prison was basically you got what was provided for you. It's not like 
three meals were coming delivered through a slot in the door, uh, you know, three times a day. It was if you needed food, it needed to be provided for you uh, and anything you needed to live on. And uh, and what we see here is that Paul is commending the Philippian church for supporting him, for actually looking beyond their own needs and saying there's a concern here for one of our own, one of our brothers uh, is in prison and needs support. And I think just that stirring in the Philippian church is, is really challenging to the church today, isn't it? Yeah, massively. Yeah, it is, John. Um, I think it's really interesting because it, it also indicates the, the level of um, relationship between Paul and the Philippian church. Um, you know, Paul is an itinerant preacher. I think he, you know, elsewhere in the New Testament, we get this, this pitch, don't we, that he, he He's almost sometimes reluctant to receive the, the help of churches, not, not because he doesn't think he's um, deserving of it or because he wants to stop their, their, uh, their generosity. But I think he's, he's really aware of the impact of the gospel. But here we see that, like you say, this, this sense of mutual love and admiration where he's willing to receive their, 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 their gifts. And, um, and, you know, this this idea of concern just comes, flows through this letter, I think, both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's then expressed in real practical work, ways. It isn't just, uh, you know, we're praying for you, Paul. Um, you know, we're really concerned about you, Paul, but we're not so concerned that we're going to do something about it. Um, you know, he, he really he really acts in that. So, yeah, I think this is massive. And I think we'll look a little bit more of contentment and, and that's going to be our second C. But I think just mentioning contentment in that area of concern, what we do with our stuff uh, is really, I think Paul is showing it's really significant that there's an opportunity here for the Philippian church as they show concern, they do something about it. It's not just an intellectual or there's something to be concerned about. They step in and they meet the need. Uh, and I, I, I think the challenge is, is um is the stuff that we've got an idol in our life or are we generous enough with it to bless people? Uh, and for, for Paul here, it's about it's about blessing those that are partaking in God's mission, that we might be able to go to work and have a job that pays money. And, and, and we're able to then steward that in such a way that we can be generous to those that are serving God in different ways. And I just I said earlier, on, I wanted to take a moment just to, to say to the church that you might be sat there thinking, you know, the scripture is not meant to condemn us. I think it's meant to lift us up and say, look, there's a good way of living with that, which we've got. The issue isn't whether we've got stuff or not got stuff. Paul will speak into that, but it's actually about how we steward it. Uh, And for for those that have been generous and sowing in with finances into the church, I just wanted to say that over this last month, you may not realize this, but we've been able to give a thousand pounds away to someone who is planting a church in the UK. They're stepping out of a secure position in their church and going into a, a plant, a new city church in Wolverhampton. Uh, and as a church, we've gone, let's support this new church plant in a city in our town, in our, in our nation. And we're sowing a thousand pounds into that uh, for him personally to be supported. Uh, and also another thousand pounds has gone out to uh, buy a vehicle for some missionaries in Paraguay, John and Rachel McDonough, who just do an amazing amazing work of reaching people that have never heard the gospel and need a vehicle to be able to get there and it's on its last legs and we, we sent another thousand pounds and so your generosity uh, is actually meeting needs and I think this is what Paul is speaking into here that uh, that we have an opportunity big or small um, to, to steward something of that which God has blessed us with and in that we're actually starting to fulfill the mission of God 
uh, with how we steward that which we've got uh, in meeting people's needs, uh, whether that's emotionally, mental, financially, physically, whatever that is. Uh, and I think Paul is speaking into something of, of that journey into contentment, which we'll get into in a minute, when we address the concern and seek to meet it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, because the, the, the concern, um, Paul, Paul writes, doesn't he, you, you've lacked the opportunity, but now the opportunity is here. And it's almost like, where, where's the opportunity to express our concern? And if we miss it, then have we missed an opportunity, really, to step into something that God's created for us? And, and so, we, you know, we, there's so much need out there, isn't there? Like there, there are so many needs, um, and and if there was a if we had a wealth of resource to be able to meet every need, you know, would we do that? I'm, I'm sure we could, and we'd love to. But actually, we where's the opportunity? And so it, it, we can sometimes maybe feel overwhelmed. I think, um, but what? Yeah. So what? Let's narrow down and go. Okay, God, where where's this opportunity for me to respond individually, but also collectively? Because um, Paul's writing to a church. And so there was this collective response. So I think it was really helpful, John, just the way that you, you know, letting people know some of the things that we have been able to do in this season, because um, the opportunity uh, has been there. Um, you know, I, I could tell us, I could tell us a load of needs um, globally at this moment, but let's let's make sure the opportunity that that's presented, we grab it. Yeah, absolutely. I think in those moments, what we do is we uh, we give room for God to be God, don't we? Because we let go of those things and we put them into the hands of God and say, uh, I think later on in this passage, it talks about a sacrificial offering is like a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. I think that's something of what he's saying, that, that actually when we live like that and allow that opportunity to come, there's a fragrant offering that is is before God. And what a way to live, just living in a way that this, the aroma of our life, the scent of our generosity is is pleasing to God and it meets needs um just something of of, of our call as disciples in that yeah I th- just one thought or speaking there or i think something about the having eyes to see the opportunities mm. so if we if we if we don't look for opportunities to be generous and to meet the needs of others then we'll never see them we'll just live in our own little world you know but so i think there's something about the posture of our hearts that is god how can i respond to what out of what you've given and then having the eyes to see and then the courage to do something about it. I, I, I think that's re- it's intentional action. Nothing ever happens without intentional action. Um, oh, stuff happens, but maybe not the stuff that we want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the more intentional we are in our, um, our seeking of those opportunities to express concern and show concern for others, um, the more opportunities we'll get. And maybe a practical way, like what Sue has just shared of, you know, at the beginning of each day, she just surrenders her diary and just says, today, God, will you come and, uh, and consume my day? I think that's just a really great practical way of actually saying, do you know what? I, I, I'm going to lean into the interruptions. They may be frustrating, but maybe, God, you're opening my eyes to something here. Um, and uh, uh, I think that's just a really good practical way of just saying, God, will you just come and consume the stuff I've got and let it be used for your glory? So the issue isn't whether we've got stuff or not got stuff. It's how we're stewarding that each day that we live before God. Um, great. I think that's the first C, isn't it? Anything else you want to share on the first C? Just, no, oh, just just on that. I, I, I think what Sue shared was really was really great. It, it's, the, it's demonstrative of a, a surrendered life. Mm. You know, so that first thing in the morning, Lord, here's my diary. Here's the things that I have scheduled. Um, 
do do what you will and i think if if each of us did that imagine what impact could happen in in stratford or on beyond really where we find ourselves yeah so i thought that was really um that was really really good point that super yeah, really. yeah so we've got concern um and uh the second one is contented um yeah do you want to just share anything that you've you've pulled from this contented yeah, I just find it interesting, isn't it, that Paul um, Paul is here in in a in a prison and clearly in need. But as he writes, he's he's also known what it is to have plenty. So his life has known extremes of of severe lack and abundance, and whatever circumstance he finds himself in, he's saying, "I've I've learned to be content." So the, the, I think the interesting thing for me is that Paul, it wasn't his, his significance or value or life or his contentment in life wasn't in the abundance. So therefore, when he was in lack, his contentment could also be, be in, 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 his, in who he is in Christ. And I think the, so he talks about the secret. I've learned the secret of being content now. I, I wonder whether that that's, this is referencing back to verses two to nine that he, he you know you preached last week and also into ver, into chapter three verses seven to eleven and he points points out that there's this to know Christ so if the pursuit is to know Christ then when with whether we have little or plenty it, our life isn't defined by those two things. So the contentment is my pursuit of Christ. So I just, I, I think this is, a, I think it's a real challenge to us. Mm-hmm. Um, because Paul, I, again, I don't think Paul's saying, well, you, we've got to live in poverty. And I don't think he's saying it's wrong to live in abundance because he's known what it is to know at both ends of those extremes. Um, the question I think is a matter of the heart. Actually in this, I think this is what Paul's driving at. Where's the, Where's the focus of our heart, the priorities of our heart, the, um, the, yeah, the pull of our heart, really. And if, our, if we're pursuing things, then there's never going to be enough. Because when, when is more ever enough? I don't know whether you, you've ever experienced that, but, you know, if only I can get this thing, then my life will, I'll be fulfilled. And then, oh, if only I can get this. And it's, it's never ending and, it, and it's never enough. It's not wrong to have things, but we'll never be satisfied in, with things. And I think Paul, that's what Paul's trying to get across. I think he's trying to drill, drill us back down into the, 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 the core of why we exist, is to know Christ and him crucified and, and, and share in his sufferings that experience his life. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I'm reminded of, uh, for those uh, rap fans out there, Notorious B.I.G. had some lyrics of more money, more problems. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, we can think that if we can get more, if we can just get that, then we'll be OK. But um, I know I know these verses that are really, really interesting because they, they have been misused, haven't they? I think we all probably know verse 13 about I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me. And, you know, there's there's a kind of prosperity thought in that of when when things are going well for me it means i've got all i need god's blessings mean that i've got sufficiency but actually 
Paul hasn't got what he needs right now, and yet he has a contentment. Um, and, and for me, there is um, God does give those things. He does give health, wealth and prosperity. He does. Uh, but they're not guaranteed. And the scripture doesn't teach that they're guaranteed. Uh, and I think that's the difference for me. And what Paul has found is that no matter what the circumstances, he can know a contentment. Uh, if we look at some of his other writings in, in two Corinthians, especially, there's a number of chapters there that just talk about the life that Paul has been through. I was just reading through some of them, two Corinthians four, seven to 12, two Corinthians six, uh, three to 17, two Corinthians 11, 21 to 29, just lists of all that he's gone through. I've been through shipwrecks, beatings, stonings, uh, and yet I found a contentment. Um, and, and in it, what he then goes on to, especially at the end of two Corinthians 11 into two Corinthians 12, he talks about the fact that actually I'm able to boast in those weaknesses because of who Jesus is, that that he is enough for me in all circumstances, as it says here in, in, in Philippians, I'm able to do all things through him. Now, we think that means I can do all things. But actually, Paul is saying what I've learned is that I can do anything when Christ is the focus, that the focus of those verses is not that I can do whatever I want because God will give me the strength. It's actually that Christ is the one who gives me the grace to be able to endure. And actually the, the, the enduring there is I'm in prison. I get beaten. Uh, circumstances go against me. Not that everything is for me and I can get whatever I want because Christ is great, but actually I can get through everything because gra his grace is sufficient. And, and I find it fascinating that the word contentment that, that Paul uses here, it's the only place in the whole of the New Testament that that specific Greek word is used. Nowhere else is it used. Uh, and Paul doesn't use it in any other of his letters. Uh, and the meaning is really interesting because the, the word content, it means self-sufficiency, which if we just take that word on its own, we really didn't think, hang on a minute, that flies in the face of everything Paul's saying, you know, trusting God, uh, God meets your needs in community. And uh, it's all because of Jesus. And yet he uses a word here that talks about self-sufficiency. And I was just I was wrestling with it and I was reading some of the what it meant. And I think I came to the conclusion. I wonder if what Paul is saying here is that actually part of what it means to be content and to be self-sufficient is that he has he has taken on the responsibility for boasting in Christ himself. He has taken the responsibility upon himself to say, I know that Jesus is the answer in all things, that not more stuff, not not more things that can can satisfy the needs that were within me. But actually, it's about Jesus. And I can only be responsible for seeking him out myself. I can't be responsible to a spouse or a church or a great Sunday service or a preacher that will meet my needs or a pastor that will be there for me when I text and need, the, meet, need get that need met straight away. It is about my responsibility that I have become self-sufficient in saying I will look to Jesus. I will be responsible for myself. Uh, and in that, there is a point where he says now, no matter what circumstances, whether I've got plenty or not, whether I'm hungry or not, I know that I, I find my I find everything I need in him and I take responsibility for making sure that I look to him. Yeah. Um, I think that's a real challenge for me and for others, maybe in what Paul is saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's this individual responsibility for our walk to to prioritize the things of, of, of Jesus and to to pursue him and walk in his way so I, I when I, when I was reflecting on this I was thinking about this divine partnership mm. um we have and we're invited into it so that I can do all things through Christ who gives me who strengthens me um you're right I mean often it's so it's so abused actually 
Um, I, I, I wonder whether it's, it's something of this. Um, we, we can do everything that Christ has purposed us to do. Mm-hmm. So Ephesians, Paul writes in Ephesians 2.10, I think it is, he prepared, prepared works in advance for us to do. So we are able to do everything that we've been designed to do. I could not run a Fortune 500 company, mm-hmm. no matter how much I, I tried. Um, you know, that, that or, or a Fortune 100 company. That just that's beyond no matter how much I quote that verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, actually, there's some capacity yeah. and there's some skill level, and there's a there's a this what we've been graced for. So I think if we understand what we've been graced for and we operate within that that premise, it doesn't mean to say we can't grow and we can't develop and we can't you know expand our horizons. Absolutely we can. Um, but I think understanding our purpose helps us to understand this verse. I can do all things through Christ. Because, you know, John, in, in my role as, a, as the International Missions Director, there have been times where I'm thinking, oh, man, it would be so much easier, so much easier to go and get a job in McDonald's yeah. or to, to uh, you know, to, to, to just actually go and do something completely different. Um, but I come to this verse and I go, Actually, I'm able to do everything through Christ who gives who strengthens me because I know that this is what he's purposed me for. And so it enables me to go through the challenging times. And I would say, I dare say it's true for others, is if only we can find and understand how we've been purposed, I think then we can grab a hold of the truth of this and say, God, you can help me do that. And I think maybe, you know, you referenced Paul uh, and all the things that he experienced. And I, I think it was it was that sense of, purpose yeah knowing why he was called that enabled him to face those things and to have that that self sufficiency that you talked about because he understood why he was on planet earth yeah so i think you know we if we yeah if we can drill down into that we can't do that today but i think individually and as a community we can understand that that's huge for us Absolutely. And just while you were speaking, just before we move on to the final scene, we, we finish things, but just just struck by actually that God, God knew that we would be part of the church in 2021, 2020, 2021, going through working where we're working with the family or lack of family, with the resources or lack of resources that we've got. He knew that we would be going through COVID uh, as followers of Jesus and that he is he has equipped us for all that we need uh, to, 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 to be all that he's calling us to be in and through that. And so even when things get tough, even when we feel like we want to throw the towel in, that actually it's it's him and his grace that is sufficient for us. Uh, and if we can keep our eyes fixed on him, just uh, thinking of that song that we were singing earlier, I've mentioned it before, not going to live by what I feel, that kid song. We saw oh, great, some great lines in that song from, from this passage. I'm not going to live by what I feel. Uh, but actually I'm going to look to him and that God knew that we would be in this moment right now and uh, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Uh, we can we can endure this season and actually come out stronger and God can work it for good uh, when we fix our gaze on him and he will work it together for his purposes and his glory. Uh, and so um, maybe right now you're what Ian has said and it's I feel like I just want to throw the towel in. it's just too much. 
Uh, I think we've all had those feelings probably in the last half an hour, 20 minutes <laughs> for some of us. Uh, uh, but but God, God, God has given us everything we need in him for this season. Uh, so let's just keep going in him, keep our eyes fixed on him um, and, and see what he can do in and through it. Uh, Ian, do you want to just lead us into the last? Go on, go on. Yeah, can I just one final yeah. thought on this? Because I think it might, it's important. Um, in reading for this, one commenter said, this is, uh, this verse, yeah, I can do all things through Christ strengthens me, has to, is the one side of, a, of, of the coin. Because John 15, in I think it's verse five, Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. So we can't we can't have one without the other. And it's these this this working together of submission to Jesus and being rooted in Jesus that enables us to do the things that Jesus has called us to do. Yeah. But without him, we can do nothing. And in him, we can do all the things he's called us to do. So it's it's, it's I think that is really important. So it's not all on us yeah. and it's not all on God, but it's 100 percent God and 100 percent us. We come into this partnership and. Um, and I think that's where, you know, some of the, as, we, as you were saying there, we, we can step into that and understand really? that God, is, God has got us. So much I could speak into that, but we haven't got time. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be disciplined. Ian, do you want to lead us into that final season? We've had concern, uh, content, uh, contended and final one. Yeah, he's convinced. Yeah. Well, I, he's just convinced about God's greatness and goodness to be able to provide for his need and for the needs of the Philippines, he, that he is not going to lack in any way, shape or form. And so he, he says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. I, I, I'll be honest, I find that fascinating verse. You know, what's he, what's he trying to communicate? But I've received everything in full and have an abundance. I, this, is, this is massive. And I'm fully, and I'm fully supplied, having received from Hapriditus what you what you provided, a fragrant offering, acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to His riches in Christ mm -hmm. Jesus. Like he goes on, like these verses are just saturated with this uh, this sense that Paul is absolutely convinced that he is God's and 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 God is His. <laughs> that there is nothing that is impossible for him if. If he's in 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 his will, in even in these circumstances. But the other thing that I'm convinced of is that Paul was convinced that that, that his provision wasn't simply a, like a deposit from heaven, mm. but was done within the context of community. Like so often we think, oh, God will just provide. Actually, God provides through through the generosity of his people. Yeah. And I think Paul's convinced of that. Um but yeah, he, that that verse seventeen. Paul's not seeking it for his own own good, but he. I think Paul's convinced that generosity is the gateway to true contentment. Yeah, and just, I mean, it's just seeing the the amount of people throughout his letters that he references, and um, you know, you can see that sense of community. Epaphroditus here, he's just commending the whole Philippian church. Um, uh, and we, we can think that if we if we do everything right before God, if we do this, this is we make it like a, a transaction, don't we? Of like, if I do this, then this, then this, then equals God will do this for me. Uh, and actually what Paul is saying is that actually the needs are met by you as the church giving to Epaphroditus who's brought it to me. And, you know, you've gone beyond yourselves, but you're living in that sense of supplying each other's needs. And God is in that because naturally. Uh, a human condition is to look out for our own needs and our own wants 
uh, I've got this need, uh, I'm going to meet it this way. And now I'm sorted, everything's good, because my life's perfect. Uh, and Paul says, well, actually, uh, the, the shift in the kingdom of God is that uh, there's, there's a meeting each other's needs. Uh, and I, I, just, I love Paul's faith in God working through community. Mm. He's convinced God will meet all of his needs. Just, he, I am fully supplied. Yeah. I mean, how often have I ever said that in my life? Just sit back this afternoon and go, I'm fully supplied. God, you've got it. You've got it. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? It's great. And, and I think because we, if we can stop and appreciate what we have, yeah. and so often we look and we think about the lack of only, but I think this, this being convinced, um, it's likely to have flowed out of this sense of thankfulness and gratitude for what he does have. Uh, and I think if we were to put like, you know, that's a bit of a challenge in the pause this afternoon and just look at what we've got and just go, God, I'm really thankful for what we, what you have, what, what, what you've given. Yeah. Everything is yours. Everything I have is yours. It's all grace. It's you know, like, <laughs> it's sure we, we work and we uh, do all the things that we do, but actually even that ability is grace. So it's this divine partnership. And I think Paul is just absolutely convinced that God is God is that will work in and through his people. But the other thing, John, that I think for me in this is that he's convinced that it's the that the generosity of people that makes the opportunity for God to provide their need. So if we don't if we don't give of our of our resources and whatever we well, you know, as the opportunity arises, then actually what we I think inadvertently do is create a bit of a barrier mm-hmm. for God showing us his provision. Because we if we if we hoard and we keep hold of things. Um, and so that doesn't really say oh, we have to give everything away, but it's just like where's the opportunity to give? And, and as you say, uh, people have, have you know the church has been so generous over this season. Yeah. And, and I think as a result, you know, there's there's some things that happen because God, God will not um God will always resource his mission, always. And so when we align with his purposes and his mission, we can know his supply. Yeah. And I think I think Paul's absolutely convinced of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's just that, that perspective. It just reminds me, I was reading an article, uh, just as we come to a close, I was reading an article from an Iranian minister uh, who's in prison. And in the article, he said, please don't pray for my release. Please don't pray for anything of benefit for me other than the fact that I would have the opportunity to share Jesus right where I am. And I think some of that is Paul's perspective, that when he realises, do you know what? I get to boast in Christ, whether it's good or bad, whether it's plenty or empty, um, then I I find my sufficiency because I still, like you were saying, I've still got that purpose. I've got everything I need, even in this horrific circumstance of being contained, locked up. I've got all I need because there's a moment where I get to boast in who Christ is. When I'm weak, I get to boast in his strength. When I'm contained, I get to boast in his freedom that isn't isn't restricted because I'm in chains. 
Uh, and so I, I think uh, I think so much we've we've learned from this journeying through this letter. Uh, kind of sad to come to an end. It's like you know at the end of a Netflix series. Uh, you kind of you feel that little bit of loss, don't you? What I've got? What what do we do now? Uh, but I'm really excited for what we're going to step into. You just really feel God speaking some stuff about the story of Joshua. Um, but uh, I, just so we finished, I'm just going to read those final couple of verses because I'm a complete finisher. So we've got a couple of verses just to just to finish on. It says, "Agree every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me uh, send you greetings." All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Oh, what a beautiful way to end the letter. Just that reminder that we're all one church and we're one people, um, that uh, we're brothers and sisters. And uh, you know what? Even in the most unex uh, unexpected places, you can find people that belong uh, and you, you, that sense of, of being part of something that God is doing, even those in Caesar's household. Uh, and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you in spirit. Amen. 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 Alan, will you just close for us in a song for us uh, and then we'll pray and then we'll finish. Um, but uh, just, just to say the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you in spirit. Let's just sing about God's grace, shall we? breaks the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder who lifts us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. I sing for all that you've done for me. Woo! Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King above all kings. With truth and justice Shines like the sun in All of his brilliance The king of glory The king above all kings This is amazing grace This is unfailing love That you would take my place you would bear my cross. You laid down your life that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for.
Thank you so much for being with us uh, this morning. And just to close, I'm going to read uh, some just a few verses from the end of Romans and Paul's, uh, Paul's letter to the Romans. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, according to my gospel and the proclamation about Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept silent for long ages, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic scriptures according to the command of the eternal God to advance the obedience of faith among the Gentiles to the only wise God through Jesus Christ to him be glory forever amen so may you go in the power and the presence of Jesus may you know his uh, his his abiding presence with you this week may you know the clarity of the purpose for which he has called you may you be captivated by him and encouraged in him in, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a great week.